Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockoff, authors of the leadership development books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose. At Gapology, our purpose is to help leaders achieve their greatest potential. To learn more about our groundbreaking books and training services, visit our website, gapology.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. As a reminder, if you're searching for development solutions for your leadership team, whether inexperienced or skilled with years behind them, we can provide methods to help. Our books, Gapology, Imbar, The Pathway of Transformation, and Speed of Purpose, Achieving 2.8 Times Productivity and Beyond, have many proven methods to close performance gaps, map out the identity and mindset of your team to help them achieve the results that they're looking for, or even construct a clear and compelling purpose to wrap around your organization and work groups. All of these books and information about them and our development programs can be found on our website, Gapology.org. And tonight we'll be doing a show that's a little bit different. As we teased out last week, we have a very special guest, one that I'm super excited to finally have on the show, where we can continue our discussion on relentless training. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Hello, hello, Mr. Shogun Brown. How's it going? It's going great. Marvelous day outside. Sun is shining. Lots of smiles. Thank you for having me today on your show, Brian. I'm so pumped and excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how fired up we are. Um, And it is beautiful out. You know, I haven't even been outside today. I've been in meetings all day, but my window's been open and I've just been looking out just uh, wishing I could be out there. (laughs) <laughs> but something's better than nothing right so. yeah 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 Julianne and i'll get out uh, walking here in a little bit uh you know oh, get, absolutely. stretch the legs get some exercise in because after talking to you i'm i know i'm going to be fired up i'm going to be inspired to, <laughs> to to start doing some of that so <laughs> well i hope i can meet those expectations oh you will man um i i, I gotta tell you know our audience uh you guys are in for a massive treat. Um, I can't even tell you. Um, I, l- let me run through my my formal introduction just so everyone knows who you are. And I did tease this out last week during our podcast. Last week, we talked about relentless training. Uh, we're kind of in this um, how do I know series when it's uh, when we were talking about training, how do I know when to go back to training and that kind of thing? And we st- mm-hmm. we're we're talking about that. We're talking about the the term that I call relentless training. That's that continuous process of training people um, right, right. to you know improve skills over time. And and I just kept thinking, God, Greg would be just an amazing person to be on the show around this because I know relentless training is a passion for you. Um, so I, I'm excited that you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, so let me let me just do this introduction so everyone knows who you are. So, um, I want to introduce one of my very, very best friends in the entire world. Uh, he is a grandmaster, ninth degree red belt, multiple Hall of Fame inductee, founder of the massive Shogun Martial Arts Dojo here in Kansas City, and Shogun International Federations of Martial Arts. And he's a soon-to-be movie star. Which maybe uh, we'll, well, maybe we'll get into that. I don't that. know. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I I can tell you it's it's gonna be great if you are. Um, and uh, and most importantly, he is the father of my son's wife, Chandra. Um, an amazing, amazing lady. Uh, I'm super proud to have her part of our family, and 
And by extension, you know, I'm glad we were able to get together and become friends. Oh, absolutely. I feel the exact same way. Jacob, we just love them to death. Such, such a good pair. They are in such a good hearted, I'll call him young man, mm-hmm. but with, we're just excited and so proud to have him in the family. So, and, and also excited for what comes with him. So, you know, as far <laughs> as you and Joe and everybody else, but yeah, we just right. love you guys. Today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they are two peas in a pod. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> So let, let me tell you, so his dojo is known worldwide in the martial arts community as one of the most serious and impactful facilities, led alongside an, an amazing team of other black belt instructors that he has on his team. Uh, they focus on saving and improving the lives of our youth, adults, and law enforcement alike, which I think yeah. is is really cool that you go that whole gamut between, you know, young kids um, you know, all the way up to law enforcement, adults and all that. So I think that's really cool. Right. So, um, and, and I was talking to Mark, actually, Mark Tinas about, about you today. And as I was describing your background, he said, you know, he sounds like really the, the first person that we know that relentlessly closes all the gaps all the time. So wow. when, when you look at gapology, you really do embody the closure of gaps. And, and, uh, I just think that's so cool and it is absolutely true. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we let, uh, our, our audience know a little bit about you. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of go back to, you know, toward the beginning. So can you tell us how you got started in martial arts? Wow. It's <laughs> this story is, is very interesting and, and funny as well. <laughs> okay. So in kindergarten, right. Uh, it was, I was born in 1963. This was in 1968. And I went to a school called, uh, Francis Willard in, in, in Kansas city. There was another school called Graceland and it wasn't too far away. Well, in kindergarten, remember back when the oldies like myself, um, <laughs> started kindergarten at the age of five, we went half a day. There was a, a, a kid there, I forgot his name, but he just did not like me at all. And you know how kids get sometimes, we're mm-hmm. in kindergarten and whatnot. And keep in yeah. mind, I grew up in a bad part of town, you know, not, you know, nothing to brag about as far as uh, opportunities or whatnot, but it was, it was, it was terrible. But, you know, you may do, you didn't really know that when you were, when you were young. And for some reason, this kid just wanted to fight me. Now, keep in mind, we're five, right? I think he may have been six because he flunked a grade or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Pretty big, okay. big kid. A you bigger know. kid, okay. Oh, absolutely. I was a little runt, you know. The only thing that weighed a lot on me was my hair. And uh, <laughs> oh, he wanted gosh. to fight me after, after school. And I'm like, you know, what's going on here? We didn't end up fighting. But uh, at the uh, close to the end of the of the year, we all were going to first grade. And at that point, you know, majority of your peers would go to first grade with you. So he goes, well, I may not be able to beat you up in this year, but I will next year. Well, it just so happened uh, on my birthday in 1969, May 26th, I was with my cousin in what we call the jets or the projects. And there was a guy who just got back from his military tour 
and we're walking down the street and he he says hey you guys get over here so me and my cousin who's steve he's a year and a half older than i am we walk over and he goes do you know how to defend your life you have really <laughs> military wow and i'm like uh i looked we looked at each other like you know we're kids right <laughs> you know? little yeah and he's like well i'm gonna show you something so he put us in what we call a horse dance and he was teaching us punches and teaching us blocks and at that time i felt the answer to next year in first grade and that feeling of having an answer of a solution of a threatening situation has been with me for all my life. And even today, I want every single person that I know to feel this way in every aspect of their life, if they're studying martial arts a lot or not, because life is about preparation and uh, solutions. And if you can do those two things as a starting point, maybe you would feel better about not having an answer, but in the pursuit of. So that is actually how I started martial arts by somebody calling me over there and demanding me to do class. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure 54 years later, here I am. Yeah, you know? still doing it, still doing it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you see sometimes the parents dragging the kids in there, uh, especially at the beginning to, to absolutely you know to do that um so sometimes you do need some some powerful force to convince you to, to step outside <laughs> of your comfort zone and do that yes yes and i like what you said about preparation and solution i i think that that is so important and in gapology we talk a lot about you know preparation and preparing yourself and uh you know preemptively closing gaps and and doing those things ahead of time so that's that's cool that you could already see that you needed to have this solution for next year and start yes. to prepare yourself mentally and physically for that. Right, right. Well, I believe that um, you have options and choices and sacrifices and consequences. And that's en route to the best solution mentally and physically that you're able to come up with. I think that we all need a first step towards anything because an idle mind is a devil's play playground you know lack of information assume the worst mm -hmm. but when you start gathering information even if it's in the wrong direction you're still doing something and it will guide you into the right direction of course because you're having some forward momentum mm -hmm. does it mean it has to be catapulted forward like a rocket ship it could be a blink of an eye first step. But whatever it is, when regardless what you're trying to solve, personal, business, whatever, I believe that the hypothalamus needs, your brain part needs to get going to feel good about getting something done or, or on track to do that. So that's part of relentlessness to me is you have to, what we call in martial arts is fudo. That means immovable. So you have Fudo Moshin. Moshin means empty mind, but Fudo Moshin means immovable mind. That means 
I am drawn to go forward, period. And no one can change my mind. My mind is made up, it's immovable, and I am moving forward. So that's what Fudo Machine means. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I think that, uh, you know, speaking about momentum, and we've talked on our, our podcast many times about momentum. It's really one of those critical things that any leader that wants to move a, an organization forward has to always consider. How do I create positive momentum? How do I uh, mitigate or eliminate uh, negative momentum? And above all, how do I avoid stagnancy? And and th- I love this Fudo Moshin. I love that. that that's a great um, vision, at least, of how to create that immovable mind. Um, I love that. Right. That's great. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your dojo and some of the work that you do there with your students? Well, do, uh, our dojo is Shogun Martial Arts Center International. And uh, what we do is basically have our motto of to defend your life and the life of your loved ones. That's our agenda. And to do that, I do hard things first, which is I capture the agenda and instill how important it is to defend your life if you ever had to. And I layer that. And I layer it with being stable uh, um, in your training or consistent. Also, I look at the fear of handling disappointment and also being able to stay balanced when you accomplish things. And a lot of people say humble. And I understand that. But to me, in the world we live in right now, balanced to me is a better word because I think uh, when you say humble, people automatically assume that you're not. So if you take um, self-control and you put that into agenda of why you're training for something bigger than you, because none of us can predict a fear. None of us can predict in in kindergarten or or in high school or going to the store or, or even being bullied or feeling intimidation by something or someone. Uh, none of us can totally predict when that day is going to happen. But if we are consistently aware of uh, orderly stages to go forth, that's what I instill in each one of my students. And I do it through personality. I do it through laughter. I do it through meaningful uh, role play interactions of someone pulling your hair in school or putting you in a headlock or grabbing your wrist and you can't get out. Now what's she going to do? You know, just mm-hmm. make fun, use my voice. And what it does, it, it instills a reality of, wow, I really don't know what to do right now. And I don't want them to stay there long, a long period of time. I want them to understand that we have an answer to a lot of situations. If you find yourself there, that is a starting point to defend your life. And I don't care if you're three. I mean, you can be 83. Uh, we all need edification and discipline and we all need order. And I love that because I can have a three-year-old and I can have a 43-year-old 
um, U.S. Marshal. And the brain training is the same, you know, that three-year-old is fighting for his life for his toy and preschool and nobody's around, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and a 43-year-old is fighting for his life, trying to save someone's life in a situation, a hostile situation over there. So that's where I start and greet them through three different ways to, to defend yourself, which is striking, uh, grappling is like grabbing your wrist or trying to choke you out. It's a it's a grab or wrestle technique or what we call jujitsu. And you also have weaponry. So I believe that if you are educated in three different systems from the very beginning, then you are more prepared to deal with life-threatening situations as you get older. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my method and what we do as far as Whoever walks in the door, whatever occupation, whatever age you are, the formula is the same. Gotcha. And and I know you've got, what, 12 systems that you teach there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I teach uh, 10 primary systems, and you have to come up in rank in order to learn uh, the other ones. And the two systems after that uh, are systems that you must be uh, a fifth degree black belt or higher for me to introduce those systems. Those are actual lethal systems. And those systems is what I teach to the higher end uh, SWAT and, and um, FTOs and whatnot, field training mm -hmm. officers and people of that nature. Gotcha. People that experience that type of situation Absolutely. regularly. They must have a self-control mm -hmm. behind that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And I like what you, you were saying there, um, you know, in one of our books we call MBAR, it's all about identity and mindset, how you see yourself yes. and how you think and how you feel, create the behaviors yes. that you do. And it really sounds a lot like what you're talking about here, where you're setting yourself up intellectually and emotionally for those physical interactions that you may be facing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, people... Uh, and don't want to talk about their fears, right? Um, mm -hmm. Some people hide their fears through being uh, too aggressive. Other people introvert and they don't want to talk about anything because they're afraid that, you know, something may slip up or whatever. And some people just babble on because the more they talk, the less they have to know they're insecure. We all have different things about us that we're working on, right? But it's interesting how an insecurity cannot be labeled as an insecurity once we identify it and start moving forward and we get some help. We start talking to people that we trust. Uh, we start seeing the results of people. We start watching, seeing testimonies, you know, and we have to start somewhere. And some people just aren't going to be a Viking, you know, or a samurai. Or a Mandingo warrior, you know, just <laughs> and other people can be that and be taught that. And some people that are born that way really also need stability and balance on not having to tell everybody or be a bully about it. And that's a, a, a opposite form of insecurity. Right. Right. So that's why I like to call it balance. Right. Yeah. We all we all are searching to be balanced in all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Balance is critical. I think it is in just about any kind of relationship, whether it's a, a work relationship, 
um, you know, something like what you do in a personal relationship um, is all about balance. And as you know, I, I mean, you know, Jolene pretty well, she and I definitely are balanced. We're two uh, opposites and, and, but we, uh, we, we definitely uh, work, you know, we've been together for right. a long time. So um, balance is critical. Absolutely. So some interesting things there. I'd like to hear a little bit more about what you do with law enforcement, um, how you help that group, because that's that's a little bit different. I, I don't know if people always think about when they see martial arts that they think about the fact that our law enforcement, they need more than just uh, being able to pull, pull out a gun or a nightstick. They Absolutely. need to know how to defuse a situation yes. um, emotionally with their words and then physically if they have to. Um, yes. beyond just the weaponry. So can you share yes. a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, let me just say this first and foremost, in my opinion, um, I feel like as a percentage, there's a much higher percentage of caring law enforcement officers that really want to help people to protect and serve. It's in them, it's part of their DNA, and I really do believe that. And of course, there's always a rotten apple, or what I call a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah. There, there's always one. You know, to me, <laughs> yeah. there's always a Judas in the mix, leaving or coming. So let me say that first. Secondly, I feel like that uh, our law enforcement hands are tied to a point because they feel like that they can't really do their job the way they want to for two reasons. The first reason is lack of backup and other law enforcement officers in that particular sector so they can get the proper training they need without being on duty. So a lot of these law enforcement officers do not have an ego. A lot of them really want to train better and have more hand-to-hand -hand contact. But when you're constantly, you know, working 12 hours and putting in shifts for other people, there's really not enough law enforcement officers to go around to take shifts. So you can get that weekly training or whatever, or go to the academy and get some time in or do some external training. They want that. With that being said, there is a insecurity when you do not know how to handle someone. Uh, extremely, I would say, internally strong, quick, uh, someone that spends their life fighting. Uh, that's what they do every day, uh, have a criminal mindset. And law enforcement officers, uh, if there's an insecurity if they, if they feel that technique and don't have an answer. And I think at that particular time, they have to make a decision when someone has their hand around your throat and you just ended up there, of course, no law enforcement officer wants to see himself in that position or lose his, side, his sidearm or her sidearm, but you're in that position. So what do you do? You can't get out of it. You tried everything. You're, you're passing out. The world around you is going away. Bye-bye. So what do you do? You take your sidearm out and you shoot the individual and then you take a life. In my opinion, what I do is I change the spectrum and I'm like, okay, this is very interesting. I teach, uh, one of my students is a Kansas City FBI 
F FTO assistant, uh, 29 years, one of my uh, KCPD law enforcement students, uh, taught U.S. Marshall, the list goes on and on, Sheriff Department trained here as well. I've had the Navy Academy come in, uh, SEAL Team 12 was under my instruction. So uh, there, in my opinion, there's no way on God's green earth that you should not know how to get out of a chokehold and shoot the person. Uh, if they have a gun, I understand that. So these guys want to learn more. My method of training is this, to make a long story short. I believe that too many law enforcement officers are trained by other law enforcement officers that are trained by too much order, which means most people are not going to hit you the way they hit you because they train that way. You need to find somebody unorthodox, normal, go crazy person on the street or someone who's trained and have that person come in. You know what I think? This is my idea. I'll throw this out there. I think that they should get 20 prisoners in Leavenworth is what I think. <laughs> I think these <laughs> I think I think these 20 pr prisoners in Leavenworth should come to class and know the drill of saying you're going to resist arrest and we're and see what works because and work with the law enforcement as well to help them because a lot of prisoners in Leavenworth really want to help now. They, they've changed their lives. So, right. I think it's too much order. It's too much. It's too clean of a technique that these law enforcement officers do to each other and they don't have enough time. No one's going to punch straight like a trained person. You need some unorthodox people come in and see what works. So that's where I come in. Mm -hmm. uh, and I come in and basically show them how to deal with unorthodox techniques. And it's it's very successful. And they thank me for it all the time. And it's really pretty simple. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think so many times we do fall into that just ordinary over and over process of training. We always train the same way. We just do it kind of in that clinical um, process. And we do that yes. in, in leadership and business too. Yes. Um, and it is important to step outside of your paradigm, see things from a different perspective and get some of that kind of the, the diverse mindsets in the room and get people that, that see things differently. Um, yes. It is, it is important. Otherwise we're really operating in that silo and we never do advance, you know, yes. beyond what we're currently capable of. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, so I, I just want to touch on relentless training. So like I mentioned last week on the podcast, we spoke about the importance of relentless training, meaning a leader's responsibility to continually focus on the improvement of their team. Um, and, and we also have talked about the habit ladder, which is one of our methods to measure a leader's effectiveness with regards right. to training and teaching and all that and to, in order to create talent. Um, and we do that to close the knowledge gap, which is one right. of our first gaps. So when we talk about teaching, um, in, in particular, that root solution, we're speaking of the process of coaching with feedback to relentless, yes. relentlessly improve performance. Can you share the process that your students go through to first learn the skills and then improve their skills over time? Yes. Well, first of all, 
I think with with starting starting at the top, um, I feel like that any person of authority, CEOs, uh, CFOs, whatever, small business owners, uh, leaders like yourself. I mean, you're actually train the trainers and lead the leaders, which you have an excellent um, way of doing that. And I feel like that what you put together is absolutely just unparalleled with anything else that I've been around. So you guys Thank are you. on the right track, your heart's in the right place. So I feel like that our level of, of training and mentorship uh, to people that are the same level, but want to seek out better and more, I broke I broke it down to what I call LTL. LTL. You must have this to to grow, uh, to have people seek you out and, and establish you, not through success, uh, but the next level after success is being established. Anyone that's established possesses these these three, which is you have to learn. You have to be willing to learn more. You have to be willing to always start from the beginning and start over again. If it's five seconds, five days, five hours, you have to go back to the basics and always refine yourself and make it better and work on uh, how to communicate better, how to eye contact, non-eye contact, how to, how to, do these things right and learn the other is teach leaders are born to lead by physical example oral example and basically your your concept behind each decision in everything you do people watch you all the time and you must learn to teach and the last l is listen you must learn to listen this is one thing that that leaders and and myself years ago had to learn you know the reason i say listen is because you you're already that person to that person right so brian you're already people are already coming to you guys to listen to you to to, to, you know, to see what you have to offer. You don't have to tell them how great you guys are. That's my job, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so we have to learn to listen and understand that people already see us the way we are. And we have to not solve the problem until we get all the evidence first. We have to ask questions, not interrogate and not judge. But we have to really ask the right questions and bring things out of people by listening. If you don't have LTL, if you if you're not willing to learn from that brand new employee who's scared to death to talk to you, and you're not willing to let that person know that I want to learn more about you. So let me kind of teach you. Let me tell you that you don't have to be that way with me. And after you do those two, you just listen. Listen to what they have to say and don't judge. And if you really want to strip somebody down uh, mentally and physically to have them open up to you and have them look at you to the point to where I am wide open, how can you help me? There is no way 
that we can help anyone without LTL. You must learn at our, we, we, have, we must learn new things and new ways to reach different personalities. We have to teach them and we also have to listen. Yes. And yes, that's where yes. I feel like we start. And that's where the circle or the, or the, 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 the hamster wheel, when it goes back to a full circle, we're right back to the beginning of that person because we all have a beginning of something. And mm -hmm. we, we won't know that until we LTL. There we go. Yeah. I love that. So, so I, I love that whole process. So thinking about LTL, learn, teach, and listen. So many of the fundamental pieces of leadership fall into those three things. Yes. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about uh, creating a teaching organization and those are the three fundamental things to be able to really right. build that. Yes. Um, right. You have to pay attention. You have to focus and, and listen, not to respond, but listen to understand. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. That yeah. is key. Huge. No one wants to feel judged or feel like that they're basically saying the wrong thing, yeah. you know, and a lot of people uh, watch body language. So, you know, like yourself, you know, you're, you're excellent at listening. Uh, you're, you're not judgmental. You will go to the key points first, ask, you know, a person more questions. And that's why everybody likes to come back to you. You know, you have to, every, you know, a lot of uh, leaders uh, and mentors basically do not listen. They're too busy trying to tell you what you should do. And they didn't listen to the full menu. You know, you have to read everything. And when you do that, not make that person feel like that they've made a mistake by opening up to you or feel yeah. interrogated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that comes back to really caring. Yes. So, so do you care about the person you're talking to, the person right. you're coaching, the person that you're instructing on, you know, yes. from your perspective, you know, do you really care about them? What's important to them? And, and a lot of it goes back to what you initially were talking about when you're doing that initial conversation with, with somebody trying to determine, you know, how are they seeing the world right now? What's important to them? Um, where do they want to go with this? Understanding them gives you those little clues to how you can thus, then best instruct yes. them, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I've done sales training, um, we do a little bit of that, but um, in sales training, we always talk about listening to the customer because mm -hmm. what you want to do is understand their needs. Yes. So that then, and you really need to dive in and, and ask the great questions, ask probing questions to understand what those needs are so you can best fill those needs. Absolutely. Um, and it's the yes. same thing for students or for, you know, people in the workplace understand them so you can provide them with what they need. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I do something that I call an interview. It takes about 10 minutes and every single person, family, doesn't matter who you are. You can be a professional MMA fighter. Or you can be a three-year-old beginner. I walk them through the process of the school. I have them take a look at their curriculum. We keep a written curriculum in a folder with their name on it. All of our students can go to it, pull it out. You, This is your written curriculum to advance and what you need to move forward. And you're, you're totally in charge of the pace. So if you really wanna go for it, fine. If, if you wanna take your time, fine, no problem. 
it's, it's all about doing your best, not being your best, you know, oh, and being that. the best is measured by your peers. Doing your best is measured by you. And if we all would focus inward and do our best in everything, it's amazing how much more we would take with us when we achieve our goals. Yeah, I love that. Um, and that really does create that balance that you were talking about. Yes. By not worrying about what the outside world is doing, worry right. about what you're doing. How are you yes. contributing? How are you right. improving? Yes. Um, you know, I, I think that does create that balance in our life. And I think in a lot of ways with modern technology and social media and all these things that are happening, I think uh, that can negatively impact that because that's showing you the outside world. Yes. It's not about you. It's about what's going on around you and right. how that is 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 happening kind of in the out in the cloud, right? Or in the ether. Yes. It, you know, and and you right. can't control any of that. The only exactly. thing you can control is yourself. Yes. So if right. you focus inwardly to to grow and improve and become a better person in whatever you're you're doing, whatever you're going after, that's going to create balance in your life. Right. Exactly. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I love that. So uh, one last question around this, um, I, I was curious, and, and I know that you work out, and anybody that meets Greg, I mean, you can tell he's, he works out, you know, I mean, born in 63, right, you said? So that's yes, 60, I just turned 60 in, in 60 May years old. of 2023, yes. You would not know it by meeting this guy. Um, um, he is incredibly in shape, um, you know, very imposing, but... But when you talk to him, he's the most gentle, kind uh, person. You just don't want to cross him. So uh, that's what I'll say. But I, I'm just curious about about your relentless training process that you go through personally. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm I am my worst critic. Uh, second, <laughs> we my all wife are, yeah. is. So to me, I'm I'm born uh, with a solution of preparation, which means in my field. To lead by example, there is for me an expectation that I must set for myself and able to uh, perform what I'm teaching. That means that uh, I have to be in shape. I have to be uh, in tune to uh, techniques and the, the liability of teaching someone and not breaking them, but just enough technique to show them that you can't move, but not enough to where if they do move, they're going to be broken and can't, you know, work the next day or do their shift or law mm -hmm. enforcement or whatever, even a self-defense class. Some people learn by feeling the technique, but after they feel the technique, they don't want to finish class because they're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I have to keep myself in shape mentally and physically and technically not ever be fatigued. Uh, I had to learn to fatigue myself, not critique, but fatigue. Just get to the point to where there's nothing left for so many times during the day that when I'm there, I know exactly how it feels. Uh, adrenaline dump under control, heart rate 200 beats per minute, but staying there for five minutes. So the shape that I'm in is more mental than physical but if it does turn into a physical fatigue 
I've lived there so long that I'm able to function under fatigue with the proper techniques that I need. And that's cardio. So I, I do at least two to three cardio uh, classes a day. Uh, lifting weights. I, I lift heavy uh, once or twice a week to failure uh, poundage, but I do two to four sets uh, of weights. I lift I lift weights every day as well. So I probably work out roughly about five times a day. Um, I personal train and I have a personal training brand called Mojo Magic, uh, marvelous Mojo Magic Fit. <laughs> uh, and I think that relentlessly you have to test yourself and get yourself in that kind of mental and physical shape so that you can perform at that level. I think that if you're called for a higher level, then you must figure out how to relentlessly mentally and physically time with the wife, time with the kids, time with you, enjoying your hobby, uh, alone time, uh, basically distraction time. You must learn how to balance that because we cannot afford a bad experience. We have to be ready at all times. The only way that's going to happen is that you relentlessly prepare for that fatigue. You can't always be fresh. You know, you, mm -hmm. yesterday I put in 11 and a half hours, right? So I walk in the door and I'm like, man, I, wow, I feel great. 11 and a half hours later, you know, and I'm 60 years old. I cherish that. So what am I doing? What supplements am I taking? What weightlifting programs are working? What, you know, how am I hand, handling my problems? You know, that's that's all a part of relentless training. And you have to be you have to be sharp for people. You have to identify your audience, your employees, uh, the people around you, your spouse, your kids. You have to be there for them because they chose us to be established, not successful. And that means established people never have a bad day in their mind. You know, you, you must relentlessly train if you're that person or if you're not that person that day, you must find a way to communicate by asking questions while you recover as they pour their heart out to you. You know, people love to talk about themselves. So take advantage of that as they're talking. Rest. Rest your mind and listen. And then ask one question high priority high priority question and let them go again mm -hmm. and you biochem your rest mentally so you can be there for them yeah i love that yeah it's interesting so so much to unpack there i can't even I, I'm thinking we we definitely need to do a series here um and uh I, I think so so starting with your, just kind of your routine yes. um, that you do, uh, we call that in in what we teach, we call it our leadership rhythm. So this is our rhythm. It's what mm -hmm. you create. It's a, it's a observable process that people can really count on that you yes. follow as a leader. So you, the people that work for you can see what you're doing and you can build a rhythm around basically anything that's important. Absolutely. And, and what you described there is a perfect rhythm around the things that are important to you and your business and your uh, you know, the, the students that you have. 
um, that you have to be prepared for those situations. And I I love what you said that, you know, we cannot afford a bad experience. And that's absolutely true. There's, that's, there's, you know, health and welfare on the line there. Right. In the business, in the business world, same thing, but it's more of the business health and welfare that's on the line. If we're not prepared uh, if we haven't, you know, put uh, the right rhythm in place to prepare our teams and ourselves as leaders for those uh, different things that you, those hurdles, those bumps in the road that you face, um, yes. it can be detrimental to your overall, you know, organization. Absolutely, yes, yeah. So much that really connects to the the business world, and and I know you're a you know business owner. You've got you know a couple different uh, businesses uh, that you're that you're running. You just mentioned Mojo Magic, which which I love that. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've seen some of your videos and man, I mean, they're, they're great. So uh, anybody that wants to just get in shape, you know, this Mojo Magic stuff uh, is fantastic as well. Um, what just kind of um, in, you know, trying to wrap up a little bit here, I just kind of want to know, you know, what has martial arts done for you and your family in general? Um, you know, what, what kind of things can, can other people really learn from, from martial arts? Oh my goodness. Um, well. First of all, martial arts has saved my life uh, physically. Uh, like I said, I grew up in a, I was raised in one of the top 10 or top five high homicide cities in America. And we, uh, I had the opportunity as a teen and as a young man to go compete in other high crime areas. So with trading areas, yeah. you're number two. No, I'm number four, you know. So uh, what's, what has it done for me? Oh, my my word, Jesus. I mean, God has op- opened up tons of opportunities through martial arts. Uh, first, saving my life. Secondly, people that I've met. I mean, being able to communicate, being able to express yourself uh, in ways and challenges that physically and mentally, right? So you have somebody who's in school. That's great. Make a C, you get a diploma. In martial arts, you have to physically back up what's on that paper. It's like doing an ACT test. And if you you have to run 50 miles, if you don't, you don't pass. But you get all <laughs> the written curriculum right, you know? Right. So Martial arts has done so much for me. It's enabled me to help people, be there for people. It it has helped me understand the anatomy. I'm not saying from a um, physical doctor, uh, you know, let me operate on you point of view, but more of a let me contain you because you're six foot seven and you're 310 pounds and 10% body fat and you're 18 years old, you know, but you're acting a mm-hmm. fool because you drank too much. It it has enabled me to put that person on their chest, face down on the ground and talk to them and say, quit being a knucklehead and I'm not going to let you up till the police come. You know, it's enabled me to uh, train some and with some of the best martial artists in the world. It actually, I sat across from Bill Esri and uh, Paul Hitson in the, in the, uh, United Telecom Fitness Center, you know? So, wow, I mean, it's I can go on and on and on, but the biggest thing is there's nothing like having a, a confidence of, of balance 
and knowing the strategy and, and having the confidence to stand alone and say, I'm not doing that and not be a follower or have your kids know who they really are because they have the confidence to, to shed themselves from, from the peer pressure and go accept me for the way I am or move on. Yeah. The yeah. benefits, yeah. I mean, it just, for me has just, and I want everyone to understand at every level mm -hmm. to know every level, there is something for you that is, that is great. Just, just come to class or, or listen to your mentors and teachers and let them guide you in the direction you need to go. But yeah. martial arts have done so much for me. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, no, it, it, it is amazing to see it. If anyone gets a chance, uh, you know, if you're in the Kansas City area, uh, you know, stop by the dojo, um, you know, show oh, you're martial welcome arts. To, please. It's, it's an amazing uh, place, uh, massive, um, you know, lots of energy there. I think it's, it's really cool to see it. Um, and, you know, so, so my, my last major question is just really, you know, what one, if you had select one piece of advice to share with our listeners, uh, who may or may not focus on their, their training right now, what piece of advice would you give them? First, uh, let me, let me say as a martial artist, find a good reputable dojo or instructor that fits your agenda to prosper and grow as a person. The reason that the martial arts or Bushido uh, military art is not to heart hurt or harm. It is to keep peace within yourself. It is to know that that person uh, does not want to mess with you. It's to know that you have an individual inner confidence that just reaps hi how you're doing uh I, i'm not gonna hurt you uh just don't hurt me and don't make me hurt you let's be friends but don't cross the line you know it gives you that balance within yourself to just do things incredibly and face fears face failures find someone in your life if you if you pursue martial arts enjoy the benefits non-martial artists you you must you must do something that i call play baseball first base is the truth there's truth before healing second base is the excuse third base is the action behind first and second it's the result of the truth and the excuse that you have now what are you going to do about it that's third base home plate is basically hitting a, a home run and you must grow. You must have goals. You must do better when you're at bat again because you don't start at first base. You start at home plate again. You have to be honest with yourself. Seek out some, some mentorship. You know, Understand who you really are. Don't get caught up in all the rhetoric of the internet. You know, get, get the facts first. But there's always truth before healing. If something doesn't matter to you, then don't get so involved with it. Just listen, have fun, and move on. You don't have to grab the bull by the horns on everything your friends do. Find yeah. out who you really are. Get some help. Get some mental, strong stability in your life. And if you don't have it in the home, then move on. 
you know, move someone that does. That yeah. that's where to me I like a starting point, you know, because the other stuff doesn't matter unless you have order in your life and get rid of chaos. Order produces order, chaos produces chaos. And you you must be truthful in both directions. That's my advice for people. You know, I I think you need to find a good truthful starting place and prioritize and find some solutions in your life and move forward and you will benefit from that immediately. Love that. Yeah. And that goes with uh, martial arts, but it also goes with business. It goes with anything in life. If you can find a reputable dojo in life, whatever that, that, that dojo is, you know, if it's, if it's actual martial arts or if it's struggling in business, you're struggling with your relationships, struggling with your uh, family, your kids, find somebody that you can go to that can support you, that can give you that, that advice that can help you see that truth before the healing. I think that that is important. You have to come to grips with that. Otherwise you're not going to heal. You're not going to improve and you're not going to move on. Right. Right. And I think your program as a leadership role is very important to people because the leaders actually are in charge of their underpeers and it's important for them to stay strong. And I think once the uh, infrastructure is, is, is excellent, the higher you go, the more people will want to go higher. You know, the order must be better and tighter as people succeed and be established. So yeah, I think it's important absolutely. for people to seek you out and get that information as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's an incredible responsibility to be a leader and you have to be prepared and you have to set your team up for success as well. Love that. So uh, yeah. just um, yeah. as far as getting a hold of you, how would uh, people get a hold of you and learn more about you and your programs and that kind of thing? My website, shogunmai.com, is S-H-O-G-U-N martial arts international mai.com or you can call me at 913-638-3490 you can call if you just want some information you can call if you want me to come and do a seminar in your city i've traveled around the world doing seminars uh knife disarmed gun disarms uh uh awareness uh cyber attacks cyber bullying kids, teen information, law enforcement, basic martial arts, fitness, and so forth. So it's it's a large area uh, that I can cover um, if you'd like me to come and do a seminar in your city. So yeah. uh, you can feel free to call anytime. And if I don't answer, just leave a message and I'll return your phone call. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Well, well worth it. So uh, so, uh, Greg Shogun Brown, I'm so glad that we were able to get this uh, pulled together. I know you and I have talked about this over many lunches, getting you oh, on, the, on the show. And uh, this yes. is great. And and if you're up to it, uh, I would love to have you on again down the road here. Uh, we have lots of series oh, that, that we put together. And I think bringing you on yes. to talk about some of the things that, that we discuss uh, would be really cool. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, what we talked about can go in so many different directions. Uh, you know, Lord gave me a lot of gifts, and one of them is gab. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. I, I'm just so passionate <laughs> about things, and thank you for the right. friendship, and thank you yeah. for having me on. I, I would love to come back anytime you want me to. Perfect. I appreciate right. being I- here.
Yeah, I appreciate it as well. So have a wonderful rest of the day. Okay, you too. Talk right. to you soon. Talk Thank to you, you later. All right, that'll do it from here. For more information on Shogun Brown, check out his website, shogunmai.com. That's S-H-O-G-U-N-M-A-I.com. And for more on Gapology, check out our website, gapology.org. Everyone have a fantastic week. Talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology Institute production. Visit us at gapology.org.